Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. This is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. Here with me today is Dan Schulte, the SVP of Healthcare at HGS, a global business processing outsourcing firm. Dan has decades of experience specialising in healthcare financial management, helping companies of all sizes find vulnerabilities, change processes, and realise immediate returns in bottom line cash. Hey Dan, how are you going? Peter, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for the introduction as well. No worries. Thanks for joining. Whereabouts are you um, uh, joining the interview from? I'm in uh, sunny Minneapolis, Minnesota. Nice. Uh, Four feet of snow and single digits. <laughs> love it, love it. I, I do not have four feet of snow where I am right now. That's uh, a stark contrast. Um, look, it's going to be an interesting uh, chat to learn a bit more about a space that probably quite a few listeners of Talking Health Tech wouldn't have a great deal of an understanding of. But I, I feel it, it's a it's a good kind of taster for another part of the healthcare ecosystem globally that is unique, I guess. So set the scene for me. Firstly, tell me about your company, HGS, where it's based and what you guys do. So HGS Healthcare is about a $400 million annual revenue organization. Our headquarters are in Bangalore in Karnataka, India, with operations in India, the Philippines, US, Jamaica, and uh, Colombia and South America that serve specifically the US healthcare market in a BPO setting. We do all different aspects of the payer world as well as the world of the healthcare provider. My business is uh, supporting that provider community. So we're talking about healthcare delivery systems, large healthcare systems that own 30 to 90 hospitals Mm. or durable medical equipment company or a freestanding national laboratory system type of of relationship, larger uh, organizations that are more capable of doing broader outsourcing relationships. Interesting. Break it down for me, like in more specifics then, what is the the product or service that you guys actually provide? In in my space, uh, it's revenue cycle management services, which means I help these healthcare systems identify the data needed to build a claim appropriately, and then to work with payers to make sure that the claim is paid correctly. Work with patients as well to collect their open balances for their portion of the the bill. So it sounds like there's a, obviously a little bit different to the Australian healthcare system in terms of similarities, but obviously differences. It, It sounds like there's this big chunk of a process in the middle that requires this revenue cycle management, which, which we'll talk to about in more detail, but it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of things that need to get done for, for people to uh, get paid or people to get reimbursed in healthcare, if I'm, if I'm oversimplifying things. Is that right? You're really not. It's, it's that unusual um, American system that is a, uh, an open market system rather than a, uh, a closed system, I guess, for lack of a better term. We're working on a Medicare for all kind of environment that would at some point reduce the number of citizens that were using private health insurance as opposed to the the national health plan. Mm. Uh, As you would see in, I'm most familiar with Canada, of course, and Great Britain, but Australia's is similar to theirs in some degree. Here, it's a, a wide open free market. I can buy any kind of coverage I want, as long as I want to spend uh, the money to buy a private health insurance plan. The 
providers have uh, superseding contracts with the payers. There are details of how they're going to pay that are only known between provider and payer. So the uh, customer has to uh, depend on the provider to build a claim correctly. That's where I come in. I work with both providers and payers to ensure that the standards, kind of quote unquote, that have been established are, are being followed. You're like an interpreter or translator. or <laughs> uh, I, I most definitely am the interlocutor between two very opposite parties. <laughs> That's much the case. I find that crazy that it's like the largest healthcare system in the world. I, I don't know if, if because it's the largest in the world, it needs to be so complicated or like it, like it is so complicated and it's the biggest in the world. So it needs a lot of kind of, you know, organizations such as yourselves to be able to kind of connect the dots. I think it, without being too political, I think it can be greatly simplified. Mm. That's, that's the, the dialogue that's going on now in America about how to accomplish some kind of insurance modifications. But in the meantime, uh, I have a job to do, and that's, I'm grateful for that. So tell me more about revenue cycle management. What does that actually uh, involve? Let's dig into some, some nuts and bolts of what happens there. First of all, the, the concept of revenue cycle is a bit of a misnomer because it's not a cycle and it's so much more than just revenue management, but it's, it's a, and a simple name to give to a complex process. It's not a cycle because it has a beginning and an end. It's not something that repeats itself. So it's mm -hmm. a page, um, there's an episodic characteristic to the claim and at some point it's got a beginning and an end. We do... The demographic capture in the front end, qualifying the information that's being loaded into a patient accounting software application. Who are you? What insurance policy do you have? Where do you live? What kind of credit information can you give me? Because there's going to be a patient balance here. And how do I track specifically who you are so that there isn't any kind of identity theft going on? And then adding to that demographic information is all of the clinical information that needs to be coded out to help manage the reimbursement process. Charges are entered and the doctor's information, the insurance information is entered into the system. And then I have a claim form that the insurance company uses to adjudicate the claim. If I get the claim form right, the insurance company gets the claim form and they say, yeah, I get it. This is a legitimate claim. I'll pay it. But with all of these variables, and there's um, 84 variables on a hospital claim and uh, 68 on a physician claim, and each one of those have you know, dozens and dozens of, of elements that can be misconstrued or, or, or confused to reject a claim or have it underpaid. Mm. Uh, those are the challenges that a company like mine or a business office at a healthcare facility have to work through to try to get that claim paid correctly. So is, are you guys a private organization or is that something funded by government or who, who like, not, not who's responsible for you, like who, whose interest is, is it in that you guys exist? I guess, I guess it's in a lot of people's interest. They get, they get paid in a room. Do you have competitors? All those kinds of things come to mind on how that Sure, sure, sure. So my customer is a healthcare provider. So hospitals and physicians, durable medical equipment companies, laboratories, they pay me a, a fee for, for my services usually a, either a contingency rate on the claims that are being paid 
or on a uh, flat FTE basis, right? Hmm. So my that's my relationship with the provider. There are other groups within my organization that have that they're doing the work for the payer the same way that I'm doing work for the provider. And I have many competitors as well as HGS on the payer side has competitors that help support all of the major uh, payers like Aetna and Cigna, the different Blue Cross organizations, United Healthcare, those are the big five, all look for support from companies like ours to do some or all of the work for them. And it's all back office kind of heads down kind of work. Some uh, contact with physicians, but a lot of exchange between um, the provider and the payer. I can't pay this. You're missing this information. This is wrong. I'm rejecting this. I don't think this was medically necessary. Who are you to say that this is medically necessary? I'm a doctor and you're an insurance company. How dare you meddle in the doctor's affairs kind of uh, dialogue back and forth. Mm Interesting. When I think about all those the kind of processes and variances and, and bits and pieces that you need to to handle, how much of it is an automated process that you watch? How much of it is people physically touching these things and getting involved and making it happen? Is, does technology help a lot with this process or is it still quite a, a manual thing where people need to get involved? Depending on the size of the organization, you're going to see more technology being deployed when there are larger volumes to deal with. I would say 10 years ago or 15 years ago, it was almost entirely a manual process. Different data gathering companies have uh, become very valuable to improving the process, getting the quality of the data up, getting the information fairly automated, especially the the capture of demographic information, the the insurance information file. It's now, it's a, a data exchange. The American National Standards Institute established dozens of different uh, data sets for different industries. And and the healthcare exchange here has maybe a dozen elements that we use so that when I ask for information, the payer understands the format. When they give me information back, I understand the format of the information. We've got that automated, but there are still pieces that are so convoluted that uh, it defies getting it automated. So there are still many, many hundreds, if not thousands of people who are still on the phone calling somebody and asking them questions Hmm. on a case-by-case basis. Just to get a claim through, wow. Just to get a claim through. Wow. If I think about then the, the services you provide, whether it's in your area or more broadly as HGS, does any of this connect ultimately to say, better patient outcomes, or are you just focused on the making things more efficient for the payers and providers side of things? I think there's two elements there, Peter. The first is that when you get the claim processed cleanly and in a timely manner, it has a positive impact on the patient. They're not worried about what the outcome of this claim is going to be. They're not getting a bill for their portion a year after treatment because of all of the muddling back and forth between payer and provider. So just cleaning up the exchange process is valuable. And the second portion is when you have a question about whether or not something is covered, whether or not you can afford the, the 
patient portion of the care. Those, un, those moments of unsurety are, are very painful to the patient. They're, they interfere with the doctor-patient relationship. So if we can quickly and cleanly identify, here's the coverage, here's your out-of-pocket expenses, this is what the company's, the insurance company's going to pay, this is what they're not going to pay, it'll help define for the patient and the physician what course of care they, they need to take to treat whatever mm. disease process is in place. And in behavioral health care, even more so, the uh, kinds of coverage that are available are, are limited. And you have to understand almost on a day-by-day -day basis what your insurance company is or isn't going to pay for in, in the whole arena of uh, behavioral health and mental health processes. So those become uh, critically important to get the information quickly and cleanly and get it right. If I was then to take, if I'm sitting here as a Australian tech vendor solving some problems in the, in the side of payments here for our, for our healthcare system, is there even a space if we're looking at branching out globally to other parts of the world, should companies from outside of the world even look to get anywhere near payments in the US or is it just something you need to understand and be deeply embedded into in order to be able to solve problems in, a, in an effective way? It's a bit of a trick question because if the process that exists now continues, mm. be a welcome um, addition coming from outside the organizations that are doing this kind of business now. The, the hope among many people is that we figure out a, a, a smarter way to engage in this whole process of delivering healthcare to Americans. And I think that what may be an opportunity for other countries who have stronger governmental programs is to come in and show us how governmental programs are better run as an opportunity. But anybody who has an answer on how to capture all of these disparate data points of uh, patient information, insurance information, charge information, the coding that comes from the ICD-10, CM, and PCS documentation from the World Health Organization, how to get all of this together and have it make sense. Uh, if you've got a better mousetrap in that regard, it would be a... Um, great market to enter into. Hey, look, in terms of healthcare at HGS, you know, looking onto the horizon, what's, what's, what's exciting and new and up and coming for you guys that you can talk about? I think the, right down your alley, Peter, that the whole concept of finding more intelligent ways to do the business is critical for us. The amount of money that's available to pay for care is shrinking every year. The, there's a, a intense pressure from the federal government to limit its budget on two federal programs called Medicare and Medicaid. So hospitals have a, a shrinking budget. They can't pay me uh, um, at the same rate. We've got to figure out how to do things smarter. So the use of um, AI, the use of RPA, wherever we can in these uh, claims screening processes, uh, looking for process improvement steps using some of the people in our organization, some of the brightest I've ever met are excellent green and black belts in Moon Six Sigma, getting those kinds of elements in play because we just can't keep doing it the same way. We have to figure out a smarter 
uh, cleaner way of uh, finding the information and getting it presented to the payer for them to pay. And at the same time, looking for ways to help payers screen the data uh, so that it makes sense to them before they pay the claims according to their uh, best efforts. Totally. I'm, I'm looking forward to how technology can solve all types of problems, be it at the, the clinical end or be it at the administrative um, side of things in terms of payments. There's, there's space for, for AI automation and a lot of innovation to come in and make the whole thing better in a more challenging environment. So it's definitely a watch this space. Dan, I'll pop some notes into the show notes of the podcast and some more details about what you guys do. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Peter. We appreciate your time as well. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Go check out the website, contribute to the forum, listen to other episodes and get in touch with feedback about the show because collaboration starts with a conversation. Speak to you next time.